Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? As you saw in the thumbnail, we're talking about cats today? No? no. We're, no. You <laughs> know what, I'm just realizing now when I made the thumbnail, I probably had that book in mind. Because <laughs> like, literally the first thing that came to my mind is, I'm just gonna look up scared cats or sad cats. It's okay, administered to Marky, because they're her favorites. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very good. Did you see the thumbnail? To too. No, I didn't see the thumbnail. Uh, You'll appreciate to, it. Yeah. Oh. You, <laughs> you saw in the description today we're talking about is God mad at me? We are going to be answering that question today. But before we do, if you haven't done it yet, go ahead and share this broadcast so that everybody you know, they can hop on and receive from today. It's going to be a good one. And if you haven't done it yet, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss anything. And as we're getting started, just put your hands up in the comment. I want to know who's on so that way we know who we're talking to because we love y'all and I like knowing, oh, Johnny's on. Oh, Billy's on. That's exciting. And I do the little head thing every time I read it. It's like, oh, there's, there's Billy. Um, yeah, we want to say hi. Also, it is ridiculous that the Etsy earrings are as expensive as they are. I can buy 12 packages and then sell earrings out the wazoo and then I'm set. They're, they're not actual ramen. No, because I wasn't watching. <laughs> oh my god! Because like, it's not like a giant pack of ramen. That's I expected it to be a noodle, like a uh, part of the noodle. No. <laughs> like, Here no. are the earrings that you can no, buy that it was, expire. It, it was designed to look like a pack of ramen. I understand. I and just went like, straight from the description of their ramen noodle earrings. I'm like. Man, dehydrated noodles are, are pricey on Etsy. <laughs> That's where I was. So yes, tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that way we can say hi to you. And we are going to hop in to today's topic, Is God Mad at Me? And I think for some people this may seem obvious but you know when I was when I moved here to North Carolina I remember being in service for one of the very first times and pastor ministered on this topic and I realized that there was a part of me that had always assumed one way on this question and so as pastor ministered on it I realized I I didn't know it the way that I thought I did and so we're excited to be talking to you about it today Mama Crabtree's on. She says, so good to watch live with lots of party faces and that she loves us all. Aww. That's a nice way to be balanced across. Yeah. That, that is nice. <laughs> Pastor's watching. He put his hand up. Uh, Colleen's watching from a hotel room in Greenville. Cool. Colleen, love you. Mm -hmm. And then Abby says that what's right has helped her, or that what's the price has helped her with shopping prices. So <laughs> that's what all good things that come from the broadcast. <laughs> so many good things. So many good things. So yeah, is God mad at you? You know, how many of you watching have ever felt like you've messed up, you've screwed up, and God is just the lightning bolt, angry God waiting to just kablammo you? You know, that's, I think that that's what a lot of people can feel. You know, God is so good. He's so perfect. How on earth could he truly love me? You know, I think that's a question that every Christian has to at some point deal with because it's how could somebody so good love someone like me and it seems easy for our flesh to think no he he's really just just super ticked <laughs> he's Zeus with the lightning bolt it's mm -hmm. and and that's that's what a lot of Christians like have preached to them you know God's God's an angry God like mm -hmm. is that something that you guys have ever thought of or had to deal with yourself yeah yeah well like 
I feel like a lot of times we read through the Old Testament and we think that God's a judgmental, yeah. like, I'm going to, like, afflict you and do all these things to you. And then, but, but when... But, you know, I, you've heard it said that, like, in the Old Testament, you have an accurate representation of God. But in the New Testament, you see the full representation yeah. of God in Christ. But, like, but when you, like, it's, it's just funny. The way that you read the Bible and the way we're taught on how to read the Bible completely sure. changed the way we see what sure. happens and what God's doing, especially in the Old Testament, where you see that all God is doing is he's doing everything within his power to keep his people from destroying themselves, yeah. you know. Um, but we, we just look at like it's, it can be really easy and you know I've been taught this or I've like seen this or you know you know just growing up is just that oh man if I mess up like all these horrible things are going to happen to yeah. me but that's not who God is God is love and he's caring and he's compassionate and if you and if you read the old testament with that lens you can actually begin to read it especially yeah. in the prophets where it's like all these horrible things are taking place and God's talking about all these horrible things but you see these pockets where where God's just telling them you're in rebellion to me, and these horrible things are are the result of that. Yeah. Not his, God's discipline for that, but just the the natural results of it. And, but you see these pockets where God's saying, "Hey, if you turn to me, I'll heal you. If you turn to me, I'll restore you. If you turn to me, I'll bring provision. I'll bring prosperity. If you return to me, all these good things will happen to yeah. you because I love you." He's just say, literally all that you're reading in the prophets is God saying. Just come back to me, yeah. So that I can love you, you know. But but it's really easy. Like, there's a popular method of evangelism now that's really just saying you're gonna go to hell, you know, if you don't give your life to Christ. You know, like God's yeah. gonna smite you if you don't get saved today. And like, so when people's sal entire salvation is founded on, you know, just someone coming up to them and saying saying you're a lying adulterer, murderer, you know hateful person you're going to go to hell um you know like basically that this method of convincing people that they're of their depravity and that and that you know based on the word of god god's going to smite them you know like that that's their method of evangelism they think that that's what but the bible says the goodness of god leads men to repentance but if the foundation of our salvation is out of fear then that's going to be like the 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 way that we perceive God is just out of fear rather than out of faith and out of love, like seeing his compassion and his love for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of times in my life where I felt like um, God's not talking to me because he's not because he's mad at me yeah. or um, all these different things. And something that really helped me a lot was understanding like it's not just like you're a neutral input and the only input coming in is God. Yeah. Where it's like, That's a okay, great point. God, um, I'm listening for you. I need your voice right now. And then, oh, don't hear God. Or, oh, I hear this. So that must be God or that. Or God's just not talking to me right now. Yeah. Um, understanding that we get multiple inputs. Understanding mm -hmm. we get input from our flesh, from the enemy. And also understanding our conscience and what that does. How yeah. our conscience being affected will affect our ability you have fellowship with God, that has helped me a lot because I had many times where I felt like, okay, I don't have, I don't like have a, a very good fellowship with the Lord right yeah. now. I have a relationship with Him, but not fellowship. And it's mm -hmm. feeling like, well, God's, God's, God's not happy with me. Like if, if someone says, okay, is God mad at you? I know on paper the right answer. Mm -hmm. It's easy to know the right answer on paper of, mm -hmm. no, God yeah. is not mad at me. But then actually, uh, feel, like thinking about it for yourself, like, okay, he's not mad at me. 
does he feel happy with me? And then it can feel like, no, I don't think he's happy with me. But basically, you can have the right answer in your head, yeah. but other stuff going on that you're still feeling that's not quite right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, like we're saying, this is something that everybody needs to work through for themselves. Yeah. And there's a scripture in Isaiah that we're going to read today, Isaiah 54, 9 and 10. Those scriptures completely changed how I read the word of God. Like pastor ministered on it. And it was one of those moments. I, it was really early when I got here. And I remember him ministering on it. And I, like my jaw dropped, my eyes bugged out. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was in the word. I didn't even know that it said that. And put the, put the scripture reference in the comments, Isaiah 54, 9 and 10. It says, for this is like the days of Noah to me, when I swore that the waters of Noah would not flood the earth again. Okay, super. Uh, what, what does that have to do with anything? So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor will I rebuke you. That's God saying, I will not be angry with you. Yeah. He will not rebuke you. For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you. And my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Mm -hmm. The Lord is not angry with you. Mm -hmm. His compassion is not removed from you. He is the God who loves you. And now here's the thing. Okay, that's Old Testament. Go over to the New Testament. John 3, 16 and 17. Because there are people, and I was one of them, who was like, well, you can read it in one, but I mean, is it really true in the other? I'm so glad you asked. John 3, 16 and 17. I, I know this is a really unfamiliar verse that you've mm -hmm. probably never, ever heard before. For God so loved the Christian... For God so loved the righteous. No. For God so loved the holy. Nope. No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17 that so many times we'll just forget to read it. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. Mm -hmm. The world, yeah. you, me, the grocery person, the person in the third world country, the person that ticks you off, the person that's dirty and smelly and doesn't look like they're righteous. God sent his son for them. God's not angry with them. Think to the angels that came when Jesus was born. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Mm -hmm. Goodwill, God's thoughts toward you are good. Yeah. They're good. His heart for you is good. He's not angry with you. He says it in Isaiah 54, 9 and 10. He is not angry with you. He will not rebuke you. He will not lose compassion for you. His compassion's toward you because he sent a son to seek and save that which was lost. The world he looks on favorably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, one of the things that just came to my mind, um, it's probably in Luke, but uh, the, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, you know, what did they say to the shepherds? Like, behold, we bring you good, good tidings. tidings of great joy that will be for all people. Luke but, two, I think. 
Huh? Luke 2, I think. Luke 2. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Just one page. Sorry, this is a new <laughs> Bible. Um, Luke 2. Uh, and, but what did they say then? Glory to God. And then the host. Picture, picture this for a second. You're just a shepherd who's essentially nobody. Sure. <laughs> you know, you're just chilling in the field at, in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, boom, there's an angel. And, you know, anytime angels show up, like, everyone was freaking out. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, you, if you read it in, in, like, the book of Isaiah, angels are not beautiful creatures unless they, like, re reveal themselves as a man. Yeah. They're, like, they're, they're scary. Um, and, but anytime an angel reveals, people are freaking out. And he's like, hey, don't be afraid. Like, yeah. You, you, but you see how excited they are. They've been, they've watched all throughout time seeing humanity destroy himself and God yeah. doing everything he can and pointing and pointing to this Messiah, now he's here, and the angels are excited. They're like, we have to tell somebody this good news. Yeah. So boom, they're shepherds. We'll talk to them. Hey, don't be afraid. We bring you glad good news of great joy, which yeah. will be for all people. Uh, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be something. They, they, but then all of a sudden, like, a heavenly host appears. Yeah. A heavenly host appears, and they're just singing glory to God. They're like they're singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill. Yeah. God has a goodwill toward men. Yeah. And that is not peace and goodwill towards Christians, not peace and goodwill towards you know the good people. No, peace and goodwill towards men. Yeah. God has a goodwill for men. Why? Because he loves man. Yeah. He's not angry with man. He sent Jesus to die for that man because he, he has a good will for man. Yeah. Oh, and look at that. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Yep. Amen. That's the opposite of anger. Is, uh, he's pleased. Yeah. They didn't even have Jesus yet. Yeah. Like they just got Jesus. It's not mm -hmm. like he had like died for them yet or yeah. that he had taken their sins for them. Mm -hmm. He is pleased. He yeah. was pleased then. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I, this is something that the Lord's ministered to me a lot about because I truly didn't have revelation of this until I got here. And the Lord over the last like almost eight years, he's just been talking to me about this. And I remember there was one day when I was driving home um, from the church, I think, and the Lord asked me a question while I was driving. And he said, would I ask you to, to do something that I don't do? Hmm. And like, I, I paused and I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I guess not. And so I said no, questioningly, because uh, I didn't know where he was going. And then he brought up Philippians 4. He's like, how do I tell you to think? And so Philippians 4, verse 8, very familiar. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation, if there is any excellence of, and if anything worthy of praise dwell on these things. So he asked me, he's like, is this how I want you to think? No matter what you're thinking about, is this what I want you to think on? Yeah. <laughs> Did you... What was that? I don't know. It was like something uh, emerged up your throat. It was like a, a frog, like with a bowl. Something in there. Were you trying to hold the god? I was trying really hard, and it just exploded. I've never seen a protuberance like. That hurt. Don't hold in a. Uh, I got a really good side view of 
of it. Just, it's true. That was painful. Kevin the in the Lord back. The Lord is good. Kevin in the back is like, it's the pepperoni. It's the pepperoni, man. Because <laughs> I was down in the pepperoni. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So going back to what I was saying, you know, he, he asked me if this is how he wanted me to think. And I was like, yes, you say very specifically in your word, you want me to think on these things. And then he asked me, do I think about you? Yes, your word, your word tells me that you created plans for me. So I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, like not for calamity, for full of hope and full of a future. So he had to think about me to make these plans. And I was like, yeah, you, you think about me. He's like, if I tell you to think on that which is good, when I think about you, I'm not thinking about bad. When I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about honor. I'm thinking about what's good. I'm thinking of what has a good reputation. And then he told me, you have a good reputation with me. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. It's not because of me. It's because when he thinks of me, he thinks of Jesus. Yeah. Because Jesus, yeah. he came to save that which was lost. He came to save the world. Mm -hmm. And because Jesus lived a perfect life and a spotless life, he's able to be up with the Father and he's yeah. my advocate. You know, if I mess up big time, mm -hmm. Jesus is up there advocating for me. Yeah. He's like, no, mm -hmm. I know the plans that you have for her and they're good and they're full of hope and they're yeah. full of future and there's promise in there. And God looks on me through the lens of Christ mm -hmm and sees what's good, sees what's yeah. pure, sees mm -hmm. what's holy, and his name is Jesus. So yeah. when the Lord thinks about you, he's thinking about that which is good, not a mess up. He's seeing through the hope that is available to you. Yeah. And pastor put up a, a scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world mm -hmm. to himself not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God's not holding any trespasses against us. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the scripture that just came to my mind, because you were talking about how when God sees us, he sees Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about the blood on the door, mm -hmm. you know, um, on the doorpost when when the angel of death was com was coming over Egypt and, and, and God told the Israelites, put the blood on your doorpost. You know, and and basically what that blood did was whenever whenever the sorry, whenever the uh, whenever that angel of death went over, he saw the blood. They yeah. he didn't see who was inside. He just saw the blood, and because of that, he knew they're redeemed. They're they're mine, and it went past. Yeah. And um in in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter eight, um this was this is something the Lord has been showing me recently too. Hebrews, or actually Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, and you can put that in the comments, Hebrews 9, 14. And this, uh, or I'll, I'll start at 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling, uh, of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, yeah. how much more will the blood of Christ, who, th who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Hear this, cleanse your conscience from dead works. Yeah. Cleanse okay. your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You were talking about it already, you know, about having that clear conscience. Yep. You know, the blood of Jesus, it, it, there's so many aspects of what it cleanses. It cleanses us from our sin so that when God looks at us, he just sees the blood of Jesus. He just sees yeah. Jesus. He's, we, are, we can say, when we feel so unrighteous, we can say, I am the righteousness of God because God sees Jesus in yeah. us, you know. 
Um, but right here he's saying that the blood of Jesus can cleanse your conscience yep. from dead works as well. And as Pastor brought up that, that verse, that God's not counting our trespasses against us anymore right. because of the blood of Jesus. So, so that the blood of Jesus can actually clear our conscience to the point where we don't have to just kind of sheepishly wander around being like, does God love me? Is the shepherd mad at me? No. no. He, like he, when he looks at us, he sees Christ because we are redeemed. Yeah. We are saved. We are, we are restored. Yeah. And our conscience can be cleansed from all unrighteousness. That's what First uh, John uh, says, First John 1, 9, I believe, that if, if we do sin, he is faithful and just to forgive yes. us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness yeah. so that when he sees us, he sees Christ. And, and it, but the, the tricky part for, for, I think, a lot of us is when we are see ourselves, do we see Christ? Right. Yeah. Because that's where the, the battle kind of takes place is yep. when I see myself, do I see Christ? When I see myself, is my conscience cleansed from dead works? Yep. Or, or do I have that sin consciousness where all I can see is my mistakes that yeah. I made? Yeah, and it's so easy to get into works mm -hmm. with it. You see many denominations, many people, mm -hmm. they try to carry this themselves yeah. by themselves without just applying what Jesus has done. Yeah. And uh, like it goes in line with what you're saying, and I, I actually mentioned it the other day with the youth. We were talking about this topic, and I brought up um, Isaiah 43, verse 1. It says, um, the end of it, it says, Do not fear for I have redeemed you. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that God's addressing this in Isaiah to the people. Um, Do not fear, I've redeemed you. That's something that's so core in everybody. I think that needs to be addressed always and that needs to be held onto is that he's done it, it's mm -hmm. done. Yeah. He's redeemed us, it's done. And it's yeah. not on our shoulders to try yeah. to do it, but yeah. it also faith has to be applied to it. So that's yeah. where something I've missed it with is um, knowing that that's right, mm -hmm. but not feeling like it's right. So not applying faith to it. And when you don't apply faith to what Jesus has done, you're not actually receiving it. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm kind of receiving it, kind of, but, but I, I, you know, I don't feel like it or whatever. And I didn't realize if I don't apply faith to this promise, to what Jesus has done for me, I'm not actually receiving it. I'm just letting it sit there. Yeah. So that's the problem. So when I learned I apply faith to it, I receive it, then it's mine. Yeah. Well, and here's, you know, this is vital because, you know, it goes to what we were talking about yesterday. Others. Others yeah. is the whole reason that when we get saved, we don't go to heaven immediately. Like how much sense would it make for God to be like, oh, they're saved. Now they can come be with me. Like his heart is for us. So why don't we just go up to heaven immediately as soon as we make Jesus our Lord and Savior? You know, it's better in heaven. <laughs> it's way better. You have the intimacy with the Lord. That's awesome. You're healed. You're not sad. There's no corruption. It's perfect. Everything's wonderful. The reason we don't go, though, is because of the one thing that we can't do in heaven, but that we can do here. Yeah. Others. Yeah. Others yeah. need to know that God loves them. Yeah. In the verse that Pastor put up, God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. If we don't first know believers, if we don't first know that God loves us and that he's not mad at us, 
We'll never be able to communicate it with others. Never. And we've got to get it first with us. Pastor says it often. Our first ministry is to ourselves. Because if we don't have this in us, we can't communicate it to the world. I have something else, but do you have anything on that before? I don't just want to truck. Okay. So here's, here's the thing with that. The world needs to know. There's the only separation between us and the world is a decision we made. You know, we chose Jesus. We chose to surrender to him, to make him Lord. But we were the world. You know, before Jesus, we looked like them. We talked like them. We smelled like them. We acted like them. It's not that we're better. It's because we had a revelation of I need a savior. God loves me. This is available to me. I've got to have it. Mm -hmm. It's not that we're better than the world. It's that we have accepted the call to be set apart from the world and to be those ministers. And I think sometimes in Christianity, there's this, there's this ability to view ourselves as above everybody else. You know, we made this decision. Look how awesome we are. Look at how awful and crappy the rest of the world is they're not awful and crappy they need to know that God loves them and if we don't know first that God loves us we'll never be able to communicate that that God loves them God's heart is for souls but souls come to the kingdom through the love and through the compassion of God Mm -hmm. his word says that it's his kindness Mm -hmm. that draws men to repentance it's the fact that his love is so pure toward them We've got to be able to tell them. We have to tell them, but we can't first tell them until we know it. You know, there was one time that the Lord, I was, it it was a few years ago, again, early when I got here, I was sitting in our old building that Boomerang had, and it was Sunday morning. I don't remember at what part of the service it was, but the Lord told me to look around the room. And so I just looked around the room and we had a whole bunch of different people in there, just different walks of life, different ages. And the Lord told me, my people don't know that I love them. They don't know. And it struck me because I'm like, we're in a church right now. Pastor Brian is is preaching like they, they should know. And he said it again. My people don't know that I love them. Tell them. My people don't know. Tell them. A few years later, you know, I'm not the only person who's ever had this. Pastor Brian had a moment like this. Several ministers have, but I was, you know, I was uh, receiving, like I'd been prayed for, and the power of God had come upon me, and I had a vision that the Lord gave me. And it was, I was standing at the edge of a cliff, and like there was a, a cliff, and I was at the part where the land split and they were walking toward the edge and I was right here. If this is, if this is the cliff, I'm right here where there's still land. And this way is a path that'll lead them to heaven. This way will lead them to walk off the cliff. And like, I could see a fiery lake below. And so I'm standing, I'm standing on the edge and there's like a sign beside me that says, God loves you. And so I'm, I'm the last person they're seeing before they start to walk on this ledge. And I'm telling them, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And for so many people, they just laughed and they kept walking. And I had one person tell me, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And he just kept walking. And what the Lord 
told me was that they'd gone for years and they'd never had the seed of God loves them planted in them so that it couldn't be harvested. Like it was too late and they made that decision because they didn't believe it because nobody had told them. We have to tell people that God loves them where they are in that moment. God loves them and there's hope for them and there's a future for them. There's good for them. But if we don't know it, we can't communicate it. We, we have to know God's not mad. God is love and he has so much good for them. He has so much good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why he gave us his word mm -hmm. is to prove to us and to show us how much he's willing to love us. You know, um, Jesus said, greater love is none than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. Yeah. You know, but more than that, the Bible also tells us, Paul tells us that God showed his love in this, that even while we were yet sinners, yeah. Christ died for us. Even when we were in our mess, even when we were in our worst positions, that's when Christ died for us. Yeah. He didn't die for us when we were good. He died for us when we were bad. You know, and, and imagine what kind of a love that is. I mean, like, if, if there was some kind of crazy terrorist in this room right now pointing a gun at everyone and someone sacrificed themselves for everyone else, you know, that's love, you know? And they said, and, and before they went away, they said one thing, just tell people how much I love them. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, that's just a small, like, example of what Jesus did. But, I mean, Jesus literally took on sin. I mean, have you... Have you ever messed up and the weight of it just like was consuming you? Yeah. Imagine that times like 50 billion, the weight of literally all sin, you know, that or went on. For every person. Yeah. Jesus took that. You know, uh, imagine like the, the most severe pain that you've ever experienced. He himself bore our, our uh, sicknesses and carried our, our pains. Yeah. So the pain, the, the, all the sicknesses that he took on himself, and he became sin who knew no sin so that we can become the righteous of God. So like all these things he took on himself so that you don't have to. Yeah. But he didn't do that when you were all goody two-shoes and, 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 and you know saved for like 30 years and you had things together. He did it when you had nothing together. Yeah. That's when he chose to do it. Yeah. While we were still sinners, he died for us. Yeah. Because he recognized that we couldn't get out of that unless he died for us. Yeah. And so it, that's how much he loves us. That's how much he loves us. So, yeah, they're putting it in the comments. God is not mad at us. He's not. He's Amen. not. Yeah. I think there are, in, there are two kind of categories here where people who have never been saved before, mm -hmm. people who don't know that God loves them, and then there are people who are saved, but they have messed up, and they don't, or they just have never been taught right, and they don't have a revelation of God's love. So what's happening is they have a small portion of salvation, a small portion. They don't have the fullness of it. So they're not, like you said, they're not able to share it with other people. Mm. And I think it's, um, it's so important that, they, that people who are saved, like if you've been saved and if you've made bad decisions in your life or you've, let's say you've wasted time. Like I'm sure there are so many people where they feel like I have wasted time in my life. I've wasted 10 years here uh, living in the world or I wasted or I was saved and then I got off track and I just wasted time and have this like sin consciousness of like God can't redeem that time. God can't 
make me go where I want to go. It's I've messed up too much or whatever. And it's so important to, to know that, like something pastors told me in the past is, um, God knew that you were going to mess up. Mm -hmm. He knew and his word stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, like for me growing up in a Christian home and for me, I, I like, I had this like really good, like track record of I'm a pastor's daughter. And then I started making really stupid decisions because I was just, I was very, I mean, I was very deceived and I was in pride. So I started making stupid decisions. So then it was like, how do I come out of this? Like, I don't, and it, like, it, for me, in some ways, I was like, I almost wish I had. <laughs> I, just, I just said the bottle. You tried to be so stealthy about it. It's like, I almost felt like, okay, I wish that I had like, not been saved, got saved, and then, okay, I understand. I'm re but for me, I'm like, I, this is weird. Like, I was saved then messed up. So I felt like how to, because there's not as much teaching on that in some ways. Mm -hmm. And that's where Pastor had to really explain to me, like, God knew. God knew that you would mess up. Like you mm -hmm. said, he died for us when we were yet, when we were still sinners and all, mm -hmm. all of that. But um, I just feel like, yeah, if there's anybody who feels like I've, I, or what about this? I've just, I've kind of negatively affected my life. Like I'm saved now, I'm good, but I wasted years. I wasted years of preparation and I'm at here, even though if I had served God my whole life, I'd be here. But that's man's way of looking at it. God's not, God isn't restricted by that, the way that we are. God can take us from here to here in a second because he's not bound by time he's yeah. not bound by all those things that w the enemy would try to lie to us and say that we're bound by yeah well you know i i think of saul like saul thought he was doing the lord's work you know here's saul who's given his life to the temple like he gave his life to the old testament to fulfilling religious law and here he goes crucifying christians thinking he's even doing right like he doesn't even think he's messing up he thinks he's doing right and all of a sudden jesus shows up on the road to damascus and saul saul why are you persecuting me yeah. what are you talking about i'm persecuting you can you imagine how saul felt thinking that he was serving god and then realizing that not only was he not serving God, he was murdering the people who were serving God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you imagine those feelings he had to deal with? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yet, God said, he's my chosen instrument. Mm -hmm. He's mine. Yeah. He's mine. I have plans for him. He's my chosen instrument, the murderer, yeah. the persecutor. He's my chosen instrument. What would have happened had Saul just stopped mm -hmm. at God has got to be ticked off with me. God's got to be mad. All these things I did for him, if he had stopped there, he would have never become Paul. He would have never written the majority of the New Testament. There would be so much stuff that we wouldn't have from Paul. The yeah. Lord likely would have given, you know, another way to get his word through, but it wouldn't have been what he wanted. It yeah. wouldn't have been Paul. 
Yeah. God's not mad. You know, that's, uh, that's way worse than anything I've ever done. Yeah. And look, I've never murdered somebody who loves Jesus. Like, I've never murdered at all. I don't need a caveat there. <laughs> I've never murdered. <laughs> but yeah, God still loved him so much that he still allowed the plans that he had. You know, the gifts and callings, they're without repentance. You know, God doesn't take your future back because you chose to mess up or, you know, you messed up ignorantly or you just did it because of deception or whatever. God's plans for you are true and stay firm regardless of what your life has looked like up to this point. His plans for you are still good and not for calamity. His plans for you are still full of hope and a future. And that future hasn't changed. If you're 80, if you're 10, his plans for your future are still the same. All he needs is a decision of God. I'll believe in the love that you have for me. I'll line myself up with you. I'll say yes to you and watch what the Lord can do in 10 years. You know, maybe you wasted the first 70. What can God do in 10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need a long time. He just yeah. needs obedience and a yes. Yeah. You look at Abraham. Look at Jesus. Yeah. Look at Jesus. <laughs> That's true. 30 years. You know, yeah. he wasn't rebelling for 30 years. Yeah. But- in three years, she did more ministry than anybody else ever yeah. in existence. Three years. Mm-hmm. Abraham was 75 when mm-hmm. he started. 70 or 75 when, it, when yeah. he started. Um, and, and picture that. God, then God was like, hey, leave your father's house. Who Essentially, he grew up worshiping idols. His father made idols. You know? So like he grew up that, in that house. And at 70, God was like, all right, now move. And then... Look at where he was when he when he had a revelation of God's goodness. Because God said, "Surely I will bless you. I will make your name great." And you'll yeah. be, you know, he he left his house um, at seventy years old without children, and and then God made him a nation. Yeah, you know, like he had multiple. He he was able to see his children and his grandchildren. You know, yeah. like he was able to see a lot. And then when his wife died, he was able to. Have six more kids with, you know, he remarried and had six more children at like 120 years old. Like, talk about the blessing. But God yeah. was with him and God poured out his love on him because he had a revelation of God's love. And he was like, all right, if God gives me this instruction, that me, it's for my benefit. It's yeah. because he loves me. So I'm going to trust him and follow him. So like at 70 years old, you know, yeah. there's, it's never too late to have a revelation of God's love in the beginning. God can redeem any time that yeah. he wants to. Well, even with Abraham, this is one of my favorite things that pastors ever taught on. Abraham heard from the Lord, this is what your future is. Mm-hmm. And yet he still messed up. Yeah. You know, how many times did he get into fear? And it's like, okay, no, we're brother and sister now. It's great. Um, you know, how many times... He had a child with Hagar. Like, that's, that wasn't the Lord. Yeah. So he's, like, sleeping with somebody else. He's lying about his wife. Yeah. Like, he's not doing great stuff. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah. you read in the New Testament, and God doesn't mention that. Yeah. Like, when he talks about <laughs> Abraham, he mm-hmm. talks about the that's faith true. that Abraham had, yeah. how he, like, how he lived and how mm-hmm. awesome he was. And it's like, no, hold up. It's the same Abraham that I just read about in Genesis that did yeah. these things, right? Yeah. When Abraham was quick to repent, when mm-hmm. he was quick to go to the Lord, the Lord wiped it. Mm-hmm. He wiped that yeah. from him. And that issue, the Lord doesn't remember it anymore because he blotted it out. Yeah. He blotted out the error. So when God's able to look at him, he looks on him favorably. He mm-hmm. looks on him through the yeah. lens of what is good and not evil. He chose to turn back to God 
whenever he realized he missed it, oh, shouldn't have had a kid with that lady. You know, he realized that was an error. And even when he realized it was an error, you know, he goes to the Lord and he's like, so I don't, I don't want to send Ishmael away. Like, <laughs> but this isn't what you wanted. God still blessed Ishmael, yeah. even though it was wrong. Yeah. Even though it was something wrong that he did because of the love that God had for Abraham, yeah. he still found a way to turn that which was wrong into good. Yeah. God is always working things out for the good of those who love them. Even your mistakes, yeah. even a mess up, God is able yeah. to turn that for yeah. the people who love him into something awesome because he's that good. Yeah. He's just that good. What does pastor say about God always trying to get blessings to you? God is looking for any legal spiritual loophole to get his goodness to us. Yeah. And like the the flesh though, it thinks of exactly the opposite. <laughs> when I do, when I hit the nail on the head, then God will get mm -hmm. His blessing to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's not true. No. We. Uh, that's why we need to gain a revelation uh, yeah. of what God has done for us, what Jesus did for us, and how God sees us. I feel like that's the big thing: is getting a revelation of how God sees us. And, and then not just being, oh, I know God loves me. Oh, I know, you know, he says I'm righteous. I know, you know, but actually get, getting to the point where now we can see ourselves the way God sees us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, <clears throat> and Paul, Paul had that revelation. Yeah. Um, in 2 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2, Paul, the same one who murdered, the same one who did all these things, Paul said, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit. What's he saying? Just remove yourself of all of that, even in your conscience. Yeah. It, because then he said this, perfecting holiness in fear of God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We corrupted no one. And we have taken advantage of no one. This is Paul talking. He's saying, we have wronged no man. I have wronged no person. But yet, didn't he? And yeah. you read, it's, the Bible says he did, but why is he saying he didn't? Because he had a revelation of who he was in Christ. Yeah. That, that old sinful man has been crucified. You know, I've been yeah. crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians that you are a new creation. Yeah. The old things have passed away. If I were to tell you that so-and-so passed away, what would that mean? Dead. They're dead. They're gone. They're not coming back. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. So when he says the old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about, who you are. So, yeah. so having that revelation, David had that revelation too. Actually, you read in like 2 Samuel uh, 2, 21 through 25, David is saying, The Lord has treated me in accordance with my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands. He said, I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not acted wickedly against God. All his ordinances were before me. Uh, and I did not deviate from them. I was blameless toward him, kept myself from wrongdoing. He's saying all these things after the whole thing with when he, you know, saw a woman, uh, slept with her, impregnated her, killed her husband, and tried to hide it. You know, he did all that. I've done nothing wrong. And then he's, and then he's like, literally saying, though, before the Lord, I'm yeah. blameless. Before Jesus. Yeah. That's how he's, cause why? He had a revelation of righteousness. Yeah. He repented of it. He repented hard. And, you know, like there's some psalms in there of his repentance. <laughs> but whenever he came up out of that, he had a revelation of his righteousness. Yeah. He had a revelation that, that 
God doesn't see me for the mistakes I've made because God loves me. Yeah. God took my, David's the one who said, he forgives all your iniquity. Yeah. Not some, not most. He forgives all. And what does David say? He casts it as yeah. far as the east is from the west. Yeah. So he just chucks it and then he has no remembrance of it anymore. Yeah. And, and his, the blood of Jesus has the ability to cleanse us of that same thing to where when we look at ourselves, we don't look at our past. We're like, that was some other guy. He's dead. You yeah. Know, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm alive in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, none of the names of God mean God is a hater of people <laughs> who don't do his will. You know, he's the God who provides. Mm -hmm. He's the God yeah. who heals. He's the God who protects. Yeah. He's the God who sees you. That's what he said to Hagar after Sarah kicked her out and Abraham kicked her out and she's in the wilderness. She thinks she's about to die. And the Lord's like, no, no, no. I've made an oasis for you because I see you. Yeah. I see you. I'm the God who sees you. God yeah. is the God who knows the number of hairs on your head. He's the God who created the plants for you before you were even born. Yeah when he formed you in the womb. You know how you're here? It's not an accident. You're not a mistake. Yeah. You know, that's something that our culture has said is, well, I was a whoopsie. No, you can't be a whoopsie. You can't be an accident. You can't be a surprise. Mm -hmm. You may have been yeah. a surprise to your physical earthly parents, mm -hmm. but God who formed the earth formed you intentionally in order for you to be alive. The moment that God decided now they're coming to the earth, he breathed yeah. his life into you. Yeah. You know, you can actually, Deb, uh, Deb Aldridge, when she comments, uh, the one who's in there, she is a nurse and you can go, she's talked to us about it, you can go and see video footage of it, but they've proven that the moment like conception happens the moment somebody becomes pregnant there's a burst of light the moment you know that happens there's a burst of light that you can see that's god being involved in you being here God is involved. He's not just involved. He created it. He planned it. He wanted you. You're desired. He loves you. He created plans for good and not for evil, for hope and with a future for you. He knows everything about you. He knows you better than you know you because he desires you. He desires you. You're the apple of his eye. It tells us that he, he doesn't turn, not one, not one inch. His face is toward you, mm -hmm. toward you. He doesn't turn away. He's toward you. Yeah. We can move, but he stays, he stays steady. Mm -hmm. So that way, when we recognize I need him, he's still there. He's right there, honed in on you, face toward you because of his great love for you. Amen. 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 So we have, we're going to wrap up today, but here's the thing. God's love for you is so much bigger mm -hmm. than anything that we've ever known. Even if we know the Lord, it's still bigger. It's beyond it. Maybe you've been watching today and you know, you felt the love of God. He wants you to know him in a brand new way. He wants you to be drawn to him. He wants you to come to him brand new today and renew that intimacy. Maybe you've never known him, and today you're like, I don't, I don't know about all this stuff. This is like blowing my mind right now. <laughs> well, he's the God that does that. I mean, that's not one of his names. It's not like I am the Lord who blows your mind, <laughs> but he's so far beyond what we can ask or think. 
He's so much bigger and, and gooder and awesomer than we've ever thought. Let's meet him today. Christians, let's meet him on a new level today. Let's just pray together. And Father, I need you. I need you today like I've never needed you before. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that when he died for me, he took my sin, every mess up, every failure, everything wrong. He took it on himself. And he died. And all of my mess ups died. When he raised from the dead, every mess up stayed in the grave. I was raised brand new with him. Jesus, I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. I make you today my Savior and my Lord. Today, I recommit myself to you. And I ask that our intimacy is stronger than it's ever been. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of God. Burn out anything that needs to go. Help me to know your voice. Help me to see the way you see. Help me to think the way you think. And I commit myself. Christians, say this with me. I commit myself to living the ministry of reconciliation. I will tell the lost how much my God loves them. I will not be content to watch a world go to hell. I will share the love of God like I've never shared it before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God loves you, and he loves others. And he wants to flow through you, that love to others. And we're going to let him in a brand new way. Amen. 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 Yeah, guys, put it in the comments. Abby, put it in the comments. But put it in the comments. I commit myself yeah. to live a life of reconciliation. Yeah. We are ministers of reconciliation mm -hmm. to the people, to tell people, God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, too. Just like that. God, God loves you. <laughs> Just walk up to someone in the street. If you're, if you're going out, it's Lunch Plus. If, you, if you're going out and getting lunch, you know, right when you grab your food, just be like, God loves you, and then try one. <laughs> they won't think you're weird. Not at all. <laughs> but with that being said, we love you guys. God loves you. Uh, we show this broadcast into you. Yeah. And uh, because we love you and because God loves you, this yeah. is something the Lord told us to do so that you can know that he loves you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved that he gave. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. Yeah. And, and, and as Christ's ambassadors, as ministers of Christ, uh, you know, we're givers. You know, we, we want to be givers. So, you know, as we show this into you, we want to give you the opportunity to, to give. Yeah. We want to give you the opportunity to be givers. Um, and so...
Uh, it's up there on the screen. You can go to giveww.org, or you can, uh, if you're on Facebook, you can do hashtag or Octothorpe donate. Ah, oh, the word's back. Yeah, that's it's exciting. Back. Octothorpe donate, and uh, and the amount after that, and you can give that way as well. Yeah. Yeah, God loved, so we gave. Mm -hmm. We love him, so we give. Yeah. And we can never outgive him. Yeah. Never can we outgive him. When we give to him, he looks for ways to give back to us. That's yeah. how he works, because he's that good. Yeah. He's that good. If you feel led to sow, then sow. That's awesome. If you don't feel led to sow, then don't. That's completely fine. We want yeah. people who are willing and obedient, who are cheerful givers. And so if you feel the Lord drawing you to give today, then go ahead. But we want to we wanna pray for it. And by we, I mean Marky wants to pray for it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you, Lord, for all the seed that is sown. Thank you for this time yeah. where you've given us the ability to sow so that you can give back to us. This time of sowing is for you yeah. to legally give us the right to receive from you in abundance mm -hmm. because you love us. So God, everyone that is sown today, I ask that you show your love to them in a new way. Yeah. Show your love to them in their finances in a new way mm -hmm. where they'll have they'll have harvest come in this week yeah. and they can look at it and mm -hmm. say, I have this because my heavenly Father loves yeah. me. Yeah. And thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for their hearts to sow into yeah. the into the word, into the word being sown into the world. Yeah. Thank you for this time and this word together. In Jesus' name. Yeah. And may the seed be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. May it return back to them quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for being on with us today. We're going to be back tomorrow at 1130. It's going to be another good one. I may just do a top 10 tomorrow. I haven't decided. I'm just going to, I may just oh. switch stuff up. I, it, it, it may just happen. I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. But we'll be back 1130 tomorrow. And for those of you on, guess what? Kickstart is like 10 days away. It is. It's so close. Mm -hmm. Sorry. He's, he's, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw I, I that look. That like his eyes were like wide as he looked at me like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. It's every, so close. Every so often, <laughs> every so often when enthusiasm comes from Marky and Buddy's not expecting it, it's like, okay. <laughs> but Kickstarter is super yes. close. February 7th through the 12th, Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be here at Boomerang with us. We want you to be a part of it. If we can put the graphic up, I don't know if we can. If we can, then there's a QR code down at the bottom. You can scan that on your phone, and it'll take you to the website. Or you can go to bclife.org slash KS, and that'll give you a whole bunch of information. Hotels, different things like that, where you can fly into if you're flying in. All that good stuff. If you have questions, send us a comment, and we will we'll try to get you the answer. But it's going to be super soon. Make sure that you snag our Boomerang Hotel rate that we have going for Kickstart, especially, so that way you get it. But, yeah, it's super soon. Make sure that you're here, and tomorrow we'll be back, 1130 on Lunch Plus. We love you. Have a great rest of your Thursday.